0: Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Spox. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg. And
0: we are in hell. <laughs> we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That
1: we do. That we do. And sometimes we have to wade through the pile of crap for all of you.
0: What have we done, Scott, in the name of the holiday? What have we done? We celebrated Life Day. Yes, well while well, you all were celebrating Thanksgiving. we hope you had a very good one. we we did celebrate Thanksgiving, but then decided to celebrate Life Day as well. What is Life Day you ask? Why it's the Star Wars holiday. <laughs> yeah. And we celebrated that day, whatever it is. Is there an actual life day? Yes. Like in the calendar?
1: Yeah, well, not our calendar, but yes, in the Star Wars canon on November 17th, which is why they released the new special on November
0: 17th. And this special was actually also released November 17th. Which has now been deemed life
1: day. Life day is a mixture of Thanksgiving slash Day of the Dead for the Wookiees.
0: Great. So if you you haven't figured it out, we watched the fucking Star Wars holiday special released in 1978. I somehow forget why we did that. (laughs) It's Star Wars time, so we needed a holiday thing. But we could have very easily just talked about the new Lego special that came out. We'll probably, you know, touch on it as we go through this but yeah no we decided to torture ourselves by watching the 78 version why did we do this
1: (laughs) we had to finish off our star wars with a bang
0: or a very sad poorly shot whimper (laughs) or uh a Oh my god. Oh god. If I hear one more fucking wookiee, I'm going to kill myself. At least for
1: a while. For the
0: love of god. Oh, okay. So, um for those of you who don't really understand what this is, spoiler alert, we don't either, but we're going to try and explain it. <laughs> so, the Star Wars Holiday Special was released on television On November seventeenth, 1978, it aired on CBS from 8 to 10 p.m. This was a (laughs) two-hour special. I didn't know that before we watched this. I was like, Jesus Christ. But without, like, the commercials, it comes out to, like, an hour and a half. But still, much too long. About an hour and 25 minutes too long. (laughs)
1: the new one is only like 40 minutes long
0: yeah and fun not so fun fact this actually preempted episodes of the wonder woman tv show and the incredible hulk tv show the creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter mr mcgee don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry i've never seen either of those but i can guarantee they'd probably be more entertaining than this shit
1: (laughs) they pretty much were yeah
0: But uh, yeah, it was directed by a man named Steve Binder. Steve Binder. He's done a lot of TV. Everybody involved in this has worked on mostly television, which makes sense because it's a TV special. But originally there was another director in the very beginning of this project who directed like a couple of segments and then quit (laughs) for unknown reasons. But I can only imagine because it sucked. (laughs) but he was only there for like a few days and then bender took over directing the rest of the oozing pile of shit but there were five count of five writers like i said mostly they did tv one of them actually openly admits to using cocaine heavily during this time so that makes sense One of the writers I noticed during my research actually kind of broke through the TV barriers and was a writer on some movies. The guy's name was Pat Proft, and he was a writer on such films as Police Academy.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Okay.
0: Hot Shots.
1: Okay, also a good one.
0: And Scary Movies 3, 4, and (laughs) 5. So, uh, he was okay. Comedy. Guys, this this is this is gonna be funny. This is so funny. this special.
1: Oh God!
0: There was an infamous quote from George Lucas himself, who, mind you, his name is nowhere on this movie. I I assume he was a producer or something, cause like he had to be, I suppose.
1: But well, yeah, he owned the rights. He owns right. everything to it. Yeah. But his
0: name is nowhere in the credits. We looked. <laughs> but he has a famous quote saying. If I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every bootleg copy and smash it. I'm going to wreck it! Wow. I mean, I've never seen this before. You s- you've you seen this before today, right? Yes. So what what were your thoughts going into this rewatch for you, Scott?
1: The thought is I never thought I would have to watch this again.
0: <laughs> Why did you watch this originally? Because it's an uh, infamously horrible movie.
1: Because I'm a Star Wars fan, and I figured as a Star Wars fan... I should have watched the holiday special just to say I've watched the holiday special because it's almost like a rite of passage for a lot of people like, oh, the true Star Wars fan has to have seen the holiday special. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's
0: Yeah, like, here's the thing. I would say that this falls in the so bad it's good category, but like, <sighs> barely. Because most of it is incredibly boring. But if you're a Star Wars fan and you, like, had a bunch of friends with you, you could get enjoyment out of this, I think.
1: If you were drinking, as much as this movie is bad, the songs are actually decent.
0: Yeah, I was actually surprised by that. Because, again, I've only heard, like, rumors about how shitty this is. So, like, I kind of knew what I was getting into. But actually watching it, and watching some of the musical numbers granted it's not a holiday special by any stretch like i don't know why they call this a holiday special they don't explain what life day is throughout the entire movie it's weird but anywho the music actually isn't bad i wouldn't say it slaps it's not like you know a high school musical situation where like yeah the movie shit but like the music slaps Scott disagrees with me on that but we're going to we're going to get there eventually don't you worry guys but like the music's fun uh, <laughs> i wouldn't say f- fun. some of it's good like the B Arthur song is by far the best song the B Arthur i enjoy it because the- B Arthur well, yeah. we'll fucking get there bitch uh, don't you fucking worry I, I entr-
1: the Jefferson Airplane song isn't bad it's actually a fun little song even though it looks like he's singing into a pink penis the whole time <laughs> And what's her name in the sex stream is also, uh, she's uh, yes, a. Yes, Diane
0: Carroll. Oh my God. Okay, so we're yeah, w- let's like introduce our cast of characters and then we'll go through all these f- crazy fucking musical numbers. But essentially, this this whole special, quote unquote, was like a variety show type situation. Yeah. Which I guess is fine, but also no because i'm gonna get to it so first let's introduce our our cast here so we have all the new hope people we have mark hamill as luke he makes an appearance we got harrison ford as han solo carrie fisher is leia anthony daniels is c3po peter mayhew is chewy we even get an appearance not appearance but a, a voice appearance from james earl jones as darth vader which is cool they do like this if anyone's familiar with the with the show Happy Days Friday Days the weekend comes, my cycle humps, ready to, race to you these days are on. Days. They do like this weird thing where they intro the cast with like these uh like fade in and fade out of everyone's faces and they introduce r2d2 being played by r2d2 and i thought i looked at that like well that's kind of fucked up because didn't kenny baker play him in the suit what the fuck is that but then i looked it up and it does say that kenny baker for whatever reason wasn't used in this special uh, a remote r2d2 was used instead They couldn't
1: afford Kenny Baker
0: It makes sense though because th- The couple of times that R2-D2 does appear He doesn't really do a lot of moves No he
1: moves forward and backwards yeah. Forward and backwards And then they do like a close up of like the little panel Before of him like reaching the hand out
0: Right um, But we do get a lot of celebrity appearances And what's weird about the celebrity appearances Is that like all of these people Have careers Like <laughs> Yes, they do. They all are successful, award-winning actors and actresses and stuff. It's weird.
1: (laughs) Well, again, as we have pointed out, this is 1978. In 1977, Star Wars was the biggest thing to hit the fucking known world. No one expected the explosion of what became Star Wars. That's why George Lucas was able to hold on to it because when he made the movie and they agreed to be like, oh yeah, you can keep it. You can keep all the rights to the movie. It's not going to do well. Right, right. And it blew up.
0: Yes, so that kind of explains, I guess, why celebrities, actual celebrities, were so down to do this. But I have to imagine once they got in the thick of it, at least the ones that were, like, in the actual plot of the movie. Like, Art Carney was in the actual plot, quote-unquote plot, of the movie. Fucking walking around with Wookiees and shit, trying to talk to them like people. It's weird. So, the, the, the basic plot, plot, quote-unquote, of the movie is Han and Chewie are flying through space with the greatest of ease. In the Falcon. And Han is trying to get Chewie home to his family on Kazook. Not Kashyyyk. Kazook. Yeah. That's weird too. Someone
1: said because Yeah. One of the Imperial officers says Kazook. And you're like, that's not the name. It's
0: Kashyyyk. I mean, I even know that. But anyway. So they're trying to get home for life day to Chewie's family. And the majority of the film takes place on kazook <laughs> in this like fucking treehouse home of chewy's family made up of his wife mala his father slash father-in-law itchy and his son lumpy
1: okay let's, let's stop here just on that lumpy
0: the <laughs> the boy's name is lumpy <laughs> why
1: let's, let's just stop there for a 2nd So Chewie has this family, a family, and Chewie sees them once a year?
0: Yeah, is that, like, it doesn't really
1: make sense because he's always with Han. He's always with Han. He's fighting the rebellion. He's flying around.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing makes sense.
1: (laughs) Is he paying for the 70s-style apartment
0: that they live in on Kashyyyk? Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's very, I mean, you know... When you watch New Hope and, like, the other original trilogy movies, like, for sure they're dated in a way. But it it still holds up a little bit, like, that this is another time. You know, it's very spacey. and The the fucking Kashyyyk home is literally just, like, a bachelor pad in the 70s. It's weird looking. And...
1: (laughs) Oh, it's also a matte painting that they were really proud of because they showed it to us four separate times.
0: Well, to well, yes, they do that too. It's a very shitty map painting. But they show it every fucking time they come back from a commercial break as if we would forget that we're in a house with three fucking giant furry dog people that are ugly as sin. By the these are all played by people in suits so mala the wife is played by a grown-ass man in a suit the grandpa's played by a guy in a suit and the kid is actually played by a little person her name is uh patty maloney fun fact she actually she's done some acting and and work in the biz throughout her career she actually was one of the puppeteers for the Keeper. oh shit really yeah, on the on the Tales from the Crypt show. So I thought that was kind of a fun fact. So essentially, this movie is like the family sitting around at home waiting for Chewbacca, and meanwhile, throughout all of that time, random hijinks ensue, and the Wookies watch TV, and they like they have little skits and musical numbers playing through a tv in the house it's fucking (laughs) stupid uh, because and also they'll randomly cut back to han and chewie who are fighting imperial star destroyers
1: And you're like why can't we stay here
0: right it's like this is what we like about star wars we don't like we haven't been exposed to domestic life in the star wars universe for a reason we don't care
1: (laughs) key point star Wars. Correct.
0: By the way, this is not going to be our normal type of episode where we go through all the plot points in the movie step by step. Because there is absolutely no point to that. (laughs) Because the the plot is so very loosey-goosey and... Barely existent. It's really, it's fine. We're just going to fucking talk shit about this movie for an hour. Oh, wait.
1: I, I, I <laughs> until
0: we fucking want to kill ourselves.
1: <laughs> I, I forgot. So there is one thing we have not mentioned. This movie, as we have said, is now following Chewbacca's family. And Chewbacca's family speaks Wookiee. Um, oh, my God. We have no subtitles. Yeah.
0: It's just an odd choice. And I, I feel like the reason they did it that way, probably the filmmakers were like, they don't need subtitles. We can just get everything across in their motions and their movements. And Chewbacca it's like, doesn't have
1: subtitles and he's fine. Right. And he has he, Han translated. Right. He has
0: Han... And after a while you don't know what they're saying so it's just frustrating so they'll do things and you don't know why they're doing them necessarily and you just all you hear is the constant and it's just like gives you a fucking headache after a while because not for nothing I love Chewy, but like he's if he was constantly fucking talking like in the voice I would get fucking annoyed with him too but in comparison to the new special that came out on Disney Plus recently, it does have the domesticy type stuff with, oh, we're preparing for Life Day, and all the characters are like, oh, we have to cook the food, and we have to decorate and do all this stuff, which is actually a holiday special, so that's fine, but then it also has the juxtaposition of, like, Ray going on adventures and stuff with BB-8, so you have both sides of it. Which, it works. It's not like an amazing special or anything, but it's cute and it works. And it has actual humor. Master Skywalker.
1: My son. I mean, my. These binary sons Um, sure are hot. Yeah, like, again, the new one isn't anything spectacular. It's not like...
0: No, I wouldn't say it's, like, amazing or anything, but it was passable and it it was definitely better than this. Well, yeah, it's
1: definitely better than this. (laughs) There's a lot of things better than this. <laughs> it had some good little humor, some good little moments.
0: Waterboarding.
1: It uh, it was just it was just a good cheesy movie.
0: Pulling out toenails. Honestly, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, setting myself on fire. <laughs> By the way, I almost set myself on fire at Thanksgiving. <laughs> That was fun. Two very
1: different things there. Almost burning yourself and almost setting yourself on fire are two very Well, no, very I did different- burn
0: myself. I burned my hand. But, like, I don't know. It could have set me aflame. It would have been better than this, is my point. W- I would rather burn myself on the fucking tray of sweet potato pies again than watch this. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> yes, there was a sweet potato pie incident at Thanksgiving...
0: My mom is listening to this right now like, yeah, well, she ruined my pies. What am I supposed to do? She deserved to burn on her hand. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. This miraculous movie. I want to hear like testimonials from actual people who sat down on a- November seventy eight, and watched this. Like, I just want to know. I just want to know like what was going through their heads when they watched this. Because we had the advantage of knowing it was going to be bad. But like people that watch this for the first time after watching Star Wars being the huge thing that it was. Like what was going through your head? I just want to know.
1: I'm sure some of them were like, oh, we just get more Star Wars.
0: Absolutely not. You're fucking. There is a fucking segment where someone goes through an instruction manual on like a. A fucking communications thing. And it's like, what? Ch- change the red wire with the blue wire and then do this. What? <laughs> How does anyone think that that's entertaining for anyone in the world, let alone children? Because most of the audience at this point in the 70s watching Star Wars was children. <laughs>
1: You probably got some people who were were very confused. Um, I would assume. Just because, what's Life Day? Why are we focusing on Life Day?
0: At least explain what Life Day is. No one's ever heard of Life Day before this fucking movie. And no one knows what the fuck you're even talking about. Like, I get it. You don't want to say Christmas because, you know, God and Jesus and stuff. You don't want that being in the Star Wars universe. That's fine. That makes sense to me. But, like... Just explain what life day Make it Star Wars Christmas. Like, explain that. Explain, movie. <laughs> so, we have let's kind of power through some of these segments here. Let's talk about the first big one. The Wookiee family kind of the- uses their communication device to reach out to different people throughout the special the first of which being luke skywalker and luke is looking a little worse for wear yeah (laughs) because poor mark hamill at this point um he he had heavy 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 caked cake face makeup during this special Because at the time, he had had reconstructive surgery after a car accident, which really kind of fucked up his face quite a bit. And I mean, they do cover that up. Like, you can't tell that he got in a car accident recently. But at the same time, he looks like a ghost.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it doesn't look great
0: in this little segment he's working on something with r2d2 and it just so happens that this thing that they're working on is constantly smoking so it's also causing more coverage for his face <laughs> just so happens but um yeah at some point he's like talking directly into the camera and he's talking to mala and he's like oh chewy and Han aren't there yet. Well, don't worry. They'll be there soon. And then he has this really creepy moment where he looks directly into the camera. At, at, at Mala and he's like come on Mala let's see a little smile and then he cuts to Mala which by the way Mala's face is jacked up like her snoot is protruding out to yonder like it's crazy looking oh. and she emits the creepiest serial killer smile you ever did see
1: uh, all three of them all three of the Wookiees have a weird like they look repulsive they like look weird like in mala's face is protruding itchy's got his lower jaws like
0: oh it's like yeah oh god it's like an underbite to
1: extreme it's just and then lumpy a A looks like a rat and b i don't know why they did this but that like every other wookiee you can't kind of see their eyes yes but lumpy you can see the actress's eyes underneath
0: you for sure can and
1: it's it's creepy looking because they're so
0: pronounced yeah. in the suit
1: because they shouldn't be as pronounced as they are.
0: Even Chewie, when he shows up, I feel like in this special, looks weird and ugly. I feel like in the movies, he doesn't look weird and ugly. But for some reason in this special, he looks weird and ugly.
1: Like in the Lego special, of course, they all look like Legos. But there's a couple other Wookiees that's funny when they show up. And oh, it's-
0: yeah. It's the family.
1: Yeah, it's the family. Yeah,
0: the family shows up in the Lego special, too, which I thought was funny. But they never mentioned their names, which no. I think I think they did on purpose, because they're like, these names are so fucking stupid, I'm not even going to do it. Well, we were joking about
1: it during the movie, because Chewie, of course, is Chewbacca, so is itchy, itchabacca, itch, and like, <laughs> lumpy is like, lumpaca.
0: And then they just have mala. Like, if you wanted a pattern of Chewie, itchy, lumpy, like, haha, that's so funny, but you just give the girl, like, mala. Well, she married
1: into the family.
0: okay stupid this whole thing is so stupid i don't i feel like i i don't want to fall down the rabbit hole of trying to overanalyze this but i feel like there are going to be times when we just get there because we're us the
1: people what they want
0: oh god my head hurts already okay so after we talk to luke we get the cooking segment mala is cooking because you know she's a woman even in wookie culture women are supposed to be in the kitchen don't you know Mala is cooking and she's following the recipe displayed on this cooking show because, you know, that's what little kids want to see in their space, f- space war program. They want to see cooking segments
1: with stir, whip, stir, beat, oh, stir, whip, stir, beat so, stir, whip, stir, beat, stir, whip, stir, beat.
0: This this segment is starring Harvey Corman in drag. Uh, if you don't know who Harvey Corman is, he actually shows up a few times throughout the special, but. He played uh, Hedley Lamar in Blazing Saddles. And um, for us 90s kids, he voiced the Dicta Bird in the Flintstones movie.
1: <laughs> it was I, your Dicta Bird. Like what? Dicta Bird, read my beak. Ah.
0: But yeah, we get the uh, the cooking segment, stir, whipster, whip, whip, whipster. And I'm like,
1: Beatster. Huh?
0: <laughs> oh no. This whole segment was like at least five minutes at least and then right after that we cut back to Han and Chewie in the in the Falcon which by the way the inside of the Falcon in the special looks like a fucking cardboard box like I don't even know what the fuck they were doing
1: <laughs> well it, all they had was just the fucking like cockpit it wasn't even like
0: right but that was not the same cockpit from the movies no, no. fucking way but we cut back to Han and Chewie and And, like, they're pew, 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 you know? Like, oh, we have to escape the fucking Star Destroyers to get to Chewie's house. We're literally there for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And it's it's over. I'm like, no, no, no. But we were having fun. We were watching pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Go back to the pew, pew, pew. (laughs)
1: We'll just watch the new one where uh, Poe is cooking. And Finn and Rose are putting up a tree.
0: How is it that they still manage, even though Poe is actually, like, prominently in the special, they still manage to completely shit on his character? (laughs) How is it? How does that happen? Poor, poor Oscar Isaac.
1: At least Finn in the special's learning to become a Jedi. Right,
0: at least he has, like, a genuine important role to play i guess but like poor Poe is just he's turned into comic relief for some reason he wasn't comic relief before but now he's comic relief because what the fuck else are we gonna do with him the fucking fight is over so we got nothing else to do with you Poe. Yeah,
1: well exactly we can't
0: we're just gonna have you burn the fucking food how about that so then we cut back to the the wookie house and we get a visit from a good friend of the Wookiees, art carney <laughs> Yes. Um, Probably most notably played Ed Norton in The Honeymooners But fun fact Before this, Art Carney was an Oscar winning actor Oscar winning (laughs) And now he's here In this swanky 70s space pad Talking to giant rug people
1: Well that happens with every actor I feel like at some point
0: But he, he comes in the house and he, he's like oh hi Mala hi itchy hi lumpy he's like their friendly neighborhood trader or something I don't know it doesn't fucking matter what he is <laughs> he fucking comes in and his sole purpose is to set up this musical number revolving around the grandpa now, the Grandpa Itchy, let's let's discuss Itchy for just a quick second. He is by far, I think, the most repulsive of the three yes. Wookiees. I, I don't know if it's possible for Wookiees to have albinism, but he looks like he's an albino Wookiee. I get it's supposed to be gray hair because he's old, but he just looks disgusting. He looks like he's been rolling around in soot for 20 years. So Art Carney brings this contraption, which is basically like a, a big chair. And it's got this chrome dome type thing that he put over Itchy's head. It's like those uh, hair, like hair salon things. Yeah, that you put over the head. And he sits him down in the chair and he's like, oh, you you have fun with this, Itchy. You have a good life day. <laughs> the The contraption is essentially like a hologram projector thing. And it goes based off whatever fantasy is in the person's mind. And it creates that. Um,
1: It's Total Recall, but not as good.
0: Okay, yeah. Paul Verhoeven, for sure, stole uh, the idea for Total Recall from this movie. Yeah,
1: he's watching and he goes, Hmm, what if we expand that out and replace the old Grandpa Wookiee with Arnold Schwarzenegger?
0: (gasps) he's about as understandable as the wookiees so. oh that's no oh, no oh low blow sorry excuse me
1: no that's wrong so
0: anyway let's get back to this fucking scene <laughs> we have to talk about this scene so for some reason this old stinky i i can't smell the grandfather i can only just assume by his appearance that he's stinky <laughs> <laughs> this old stinky wookiee man, he is fantasizing and it's it's clearly a porn machine. Let's just call it what it is. It's a porn machine. And for some reason this wookiee man who is old as shit instead of fantasizing about a wookiee woman, fantasizes about a human woman who sings in English, which he can't speak. But he, he fantasizes about a woman speaking it and singing it to him okay that makes sense sure um <laughs> but that's not really the the biggest atrocity in the scene the biggest atrocity is that we have Diane Carroll rest in peace yes Diane Carroll is Itchy's fantasy woman and it's Portrayed by her making disgusting and uncomfortable cum noises. Oh,
1: oh, we are excited, aren't we? Oh, itchy.
0: Oh, my God, stop. It it genuinely made me uncomfortable. Because at the end of the day, it's just a creepy old man... I assume jacking off to Diane Carroll in the middle of his living room. Like that's what I was picturing too while this scene was going on. I'm like, so is he just sitting in this chair in the living room with like a f- huge furry hard on? Yeah, in front of his grandson and yeah, his you know. daughter-in-law yeah. and this other strange yeah. art carney. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Let's not think about that too hard. <laughs> We're gonna meet to the shit out of this movie. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> This is another example of actual talented award winning people being in this piece of shit for whatever reason. Like Diane Carroll, if you don't know who that is, she is a Broadway actress, singer. She was actually the first black woman to win the Tony for Best Actress in 1962. Damn. So she is a fucking legend and she was reduced for some reason to being a holographic sex lady singing a not holiday song in a holiday Star Wars special. The the song that she sings, it's actually, it's called This Minute Now. And I couldn't tell you any of the lyrics in this. I don't really, it was sung beautifully. Her voice is, yes. is lovely. But I just didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie was more
1: distracted, still thinking about itchy, by the uh, logic
0: of the scene itself. I just, I couldn't get my head around
1: it. She, she was distracted by thinking about Itchy I just, touching himself in the middle of the living room. Yeah,
0: I just felt very dirty because as she's singing, her beautiful voice echoing, I was like, "There's an old man jacking off to you right now in his living room." Isn't that Hollywood for you? Ugh. <laughs> Thankfully, when they cut back to Itchy, he did not have a hard-on. I guess they knew enough not to get that real. <laughs> but um, Or maybe
1: he did, and it was just covered by all the hair.
0: Yeah, what I don't understand is, just generally throughout this special, they call it a holiday special. And they say it takes place on a holiday, a.k.a. Life Day. Well, like, they don't sing any holiday songs. The only song that I guess could be that could be considered a holiday song is the song at the very, very end, which is sung by Carrie Fisher. Fun fact, actually, about that. She demanded that she be able to sing in the special when she was like, I guess, negotiating to do it. But then when she actually got on set, and she had to sing the fucking Life Day song. She hated it. <laughs>
1: Well, can you blame
0: her? And she's not... I mean, I love Carrie Fisher. God fucking bless her. Rest in peace a million times over. But she's not the best singer. <laughs> it's a little rough.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, the best part about that ending, all the Wookiees are just wearing their headpieces and these red robes. And you could tell oh my God. they're not wearing the like hairy suits underneath. Yeah. Because like Chewbacca especially... He's Peter Mayhew. The suit is built and yeah, bulky. Yeah, bulks
0: him up a little but bit. But when he's
1: wearing the red robe, he's skinny as a thing except for the headpiece.
0: Yeah, and the fact that all the Wookiees are just wearing red robes, walking ever so creepily, it's very weird.
1: It's very cultish.
0: Like, why? What is the purpose of the red robes? They're carrying these little lights. What is the purpose of anything? What is life day? <laughs> That's all I want to know. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. And also five minutes before they go to have this Life Day celebration, Han said that he couldn't attend it because he had to go and do smuggler things. And then literally five minutes later, he's in the scene. (laughs) doesn't make any sense. Well,
1: like him, Carrie Fisher, and Luke are all in the scene. And, and they
0: this. all clearly hate their lives.
1: <laughs> like they were all somewhere else.
0: They clear. Well, Carrie Fisher was for sure on drugs. The other two probably also. Well, yeah. Ha- uh, I mean... Luke, Han might have not
1: been on drugs. Luke might have been on painkillers. I was just
0: going to say that. He, considering major car accident, he was probably on painkillers. <laughs> Trying to, you know, just forget where he was. <laughs> so, um... After that, we get a segment with Leia and C-3PO and they're, you know, talking to Mala and like, oh, I'm sure Han and Chewie will be there soon. The only real thing of note to mention here is that C-3PO is annoying as usual and Leia is clearly irritated by his presence (laughs) because every time C-3PO says something, she just looks at him like, oh, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And then we have Han and Chewie... Arriving back on the planet, they they escape the imperial ships and they they arrive on the planet. We have the we have
1: the <laughs> the happy go lucky music, so you all think, oh Chewie and Han are here finally. Oh yeah,
0: you hear a knock on the door, and then you see the kid go and get the door, and you're like la di da di da, and then <laughs> they open the door, and it's two stormtroopers with guns standing at the door, and immediately the music goes da 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 da, like so dramatic.
1: The stormtroopers are looking around for rebel stuff.
0: Oh, yes. And Art Carney is still at the house. And I I can just see the director saying to Art Carney, okay, now this is where you're going to improv. Just, you know, just keep talking to the stormtroopers, try to distract them. And just eventually you'll say something funny. And it's like, oh, he just keeps talking. And it's not, it's just sad. But then for some weird reason because you know the quote-unquote plot must must continue art carney is like oh stormtroopers that we are afraid of and don't want near us why don't you sit down here and watch this video that i randomly have of a band playing look it's so entertaining and then you cut to the jefferson starship musical number and it's them playing a song called light the sky on fire Jefferson Starship is a is a band from the 70s that used to be Jefferson Airplane. I think they changed over to Jefferson Starship when a couple of their members left and then they kind of rebranded. It's a pretty good song. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs>
1: Because the way they have the hologram, it's kind of, like, hard to see them.
0: I feel like they just had Jefferson Starship do it, though, because of their name. Yo, entirely.
1: I assume. That is 100% why they okay. had them do this. There is no other reason why they would have them do this. I mean, I
0: would much rather hear White Rabbit, but that's just me.
1: <laughs> well, again, but that that's Jefferson Airplane. Oh. Also, White Rabbit's, like eight minutes long
0: that's true Oh, that's a good fucking song <laughs> it's though.
1: a great song way too long for this movie
0: so the stormtroopers are rummaging through the house they go in the kids room and for some reason they pick up a stuffed animal which looked like appa from avatar the last airbender <laughs> And of course they rip the doll's head off because that's like, you know, we're yep. evil and this is a child's doll, so we must rip it in half. Every villain is lemons, otherwise known as evil. What can we do? When will this crime wave end? How will we defeat the evil?
1: Why am I asking you all these questions?
0: The kid is getting a little rambunctious. The, the stormtroopers are like, shut that kid up. So Mala takes the kid over to, of course, the television. Yeah, this is a
1: bad message.
0: Oh, God. For every fucking thing, every skit or musical number or whatever, they have to come up with some excuse for the characters to watch TV. And it's like half the time it doesn't even make any sense. But anyway, so they they park Lumpy in front of this TV.
1: And he watches a special on the rebellion
0: yes that also makes no sense so by far this is the best part of the special it's a cartoon but it doesn't make any sense because lumpy wouldn't be watching a cartoon of luke and leia and han and chewie like it doesn't make sense hypothetically
1: in this universe when would someone have had the time to be like huh those kills people, Han, Chewie, Leia, oh, I, I, I should make a cartoon about them. Let me go animate an entire cartoon about them right now in the middle of war.
0: <laughs> like I said, this segment is by far the best and I actually would go so far as to say that the animation, although is a little wonky looking, it's still interesting enough that i would be okay if the whole fucking special was just animated yeah like it would have
1: been so much better it, it almost looks like I, I don't know if you've seen this movie it almost it looks like a worse version of heavy metal
0: well funny you should mention that they, they didn't do heavy metal this studio but the cartoon segment was produced by nilvana studios they animated the care bears movies as well as the Star Wars Ewoks cartoon.
1: Oh joy, the Ewoks cartoon.
0: The probably the most notable thing about this cartoon segment is that it includes Boba Fett's first ever appearance in the Star Wars universe. And fun fact, he is voiced in this cartoon segment by Don Franks who also voiced Sabretooth in the X-Men animated series. Let's
1: go with voice.
0: And Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget cartoon.
1: I've got a surprise for you, my pet. By this time tomorrow, I'll be rid of
0: Gadget forever. <laughs> like i feel like if they did a whole back in the 70s if they did a whole animated star wars special it wouldn't have been anything special anyway like it wouldn't have been amazing or anything but it would have been cute
1: and honestly in animation you, you can get away with so much more in animation you can get rid of goofy shit like movements like there's one point where c3po he does like this weird like arm movement where he like crosses his arms and you're like yeah, he technically wouldn't move like that, but it's animation, yeah, so you can get exa- away with that. Yeah.
0: But overall, that was probably the best part. So, of course, the best segment in the special is followed by the most boring <laughs> because we go back to the Wookiee house and we go into Lumpy's bedroom. Lumpy's all upset because all his shit is everywhere.
1: Uh, Lumpy realizes like he has a device that basically can imitate anybody's voice he we j-
0: think we, we don't know because again no subtitles no way to really understand what this kid is saying uh,
1: but he has to put it together so he has to watch the instructional video of how to put it together
0: oh my god you guys when i tell you this is the most boring i don't think you understand because at this point we've gone through some segments and like yeah they're shit but, like, at least, you know, you could watch it and not want to completely rip your eyes out of your head. This, it's just Harvey Corman back again doing nothing but holding, like, a circuit board and pointing to things and talking about wires and buttons and shit. It's, like, goes on fucking forever.
1: Yeah, he's, he's technically, I think, supposed to be a robot who's, like, malfunctioning.
0: Oh, right. Because that's what I said when we were watching it. Because I'm like, okay, because he's just talking normally and going through the instructions and i'm like how is this supposed to be entertaining and then all of a sudden he just does the robot like the dance and you're like oh i get it it's supposed to be funny because he does funny dances like at one point he does the chicken dance for no reason and it's like oh okay yay funny movements are funny Doesn't matter what you're saying or doing, just as long as you're saying funny words. Exactly. (laughs) And flailing your arms around.
1: Exactly. Harvey
0: Corman, what are you doing?
1: But then this is followed up by there is an emergency broadcast that
0: everyone must watch. Oh, no, it's an Imperial thing. Sorry. All the fucking troopers that are there have to watch this video. And the video is apparently live feed of Tatooine. Tatooine, a bar in Tatooine. Uh,
1: we're assuming the bar that is a hive of scum and villainy.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, first, it's an old man hitting on the bartender. We're going to get to who plays them in a second. And then it's just a musical number with the bartender. And and you you're looking at it and you're like, wait, why would the fucking Imperial officers have to watch a musical number in a bar a good question for another time like like they just try to inject plot in this and it's like just stop just stop it it's exhausting to try to make sense of this so okay i was excited about this scene believe it or not because the bartender in this scene is played by an iconic actress who i adore a Miss B. Arthur.
1: That is indeed true. It is B. Arthur.
0: Fucking Dorothy Spornack from the Golden Girls. Rose, honey, I hope you don't mind. I borrowed your golf glove. I have a date to play this morning. With a man? Uh, no, Blanche. With a Venus flytrap. If I had a personal sarcasm Mount Rushmore, she would be on it right next to Daria. <laughs> like, I love the Golden Girls, I love Dorothy. And in this, she is also very sarcastic and very dry, which we love. Her, her character's name is Akmina, and she's the bartender, and she has all these patrons that are very scummy and villainy. And one of the patrons happens to be, you guessed it, Harvey Corman, yay!
1: <laughs> he had he had like four parts in this movie.
0: Yeah. He goes in and, and he's hitting on Akamina and she shoots him down. And I I don't I still don't understand why the Imperial officers have to watch this yeah. episode yeah. of Love Connection and then uh we get like a bulletin from the empire saying like oh there's a curfew on this planet and everyone must be in their homes by 10 p.m. so b arthur is saying to all her patrons okay everybody get the fuck out and they're all like no we want to drink more Meh. so she's like all right fine one more round and then the music starts and you're like oh no here we go and it goes into a musical number yet again Look, the number is called "Goodnight," but not goodbye
1: and you know what b arthur does a decent job of this
0: yes because it's b arthur and she's she speaks singing kind of it's a it sounds like a very like old-timey broadway type musically tune it's by far probably the best musical number it's, it's the least bad. Let's put it that way. I feel bad. I feel weird calling anything the best, really. But it's the least bad. <laughs> <Well,
1: laughs> Br Arthur seems to have a good time with it. That's also right, the thing.
0: That's very true. And it's also very entertaining to watch her cavort around with these weird aliens that are clearly just dudes with big fucking headsuits on. So
1: I don't know if you have anything on this scene in particular, but this scene took one day to film.
0: Yeah, this was one of the scenes that the first director directed before he quit. (laughs) Uh, B. Arthur brought her son
1: behind the scene and he was later quoted on saying, yeah, it was really weird because there's a nurse continuously running around in between takes... Giving these actors oxygen because they couldn't breathe in their fucking heads. Oh
0: my god! Are you kidding me?
1: Because <laughs> the heads. This were... is not worth that. It's one room, and they're only in one room, and it's not a big room, right? <laughs> and apparently, it was really hot that day. Oh my god! So he's sending there's going around, what constantly fucking... feeding people
0: oxygen. How ridiculous is that? But I mean, B. Arthur was a fucking treasure, so it, it was cool to see her in this in this role.
1: And then at the end of it, we cut back to the Wookiee household where the stormtroopers suddenly get a message going, return to base, return to base, return to base. And they're like, message received, loud and clear. And they send one stormtrooper and tell him to stay there and the other three leave. You hear from upstairs, Lumpy's making the... Return to base, return to base, return to base. And the stormtrooper comes upstairs, destroys the thing he has, and is like...
0: Oh, no, now we have to fucking call Harvey Corman again to fix it.
1: Now the is chasing Lumpy around the household, drags him out to the
0: outside on the you, balcony. You, you think maybe he's going to kill him, and then you're like, yay! <laughs> As the trooper kind of chases him outside, Chewie shows up, and the, sh- the trooper holds a gun on Chewie... And he turns his back on Han, who was sneaking up also behind them. And this is like the climax of the movie, <laughs> guys. This is the climax, okay? It's very exciting. You can tell by the music. It's very would, intense. Would you
1: call this the climax of
0: climax? Oh, no, I certainly would not. No, the climax of climaxes happened earlier with Diane Carroll. Now, this is the big moment, this is a big action-packed moment, climax moment of the movie, okay? Han literally grabs the trooper, turns him around, the trooper drops his gun because... Butterfingers, I guess? And... instead of like han pushing the trooper or punching him no he just like fakes him out he does like a little like dance a kind of and the trooper just flails himself off the fucking railing of the treehouse and falls to his death
1: (laughs) did you hear it did you hear it what we got the Wilhelm scream. As oh, falls. yeah, yeah. Ah!
0: But also, what I think is funny is that that was a nod back to something that happened earlier in the movie, which we did mention. So, earlier in the movie, when we first realized, like, oh, this family, this Wookiee family is running around in this house with no subtitles and we don't know what the fuck's going on, Lumpy goes outside onto the railing of their little treehouse and he starts climbing the railing. <laughs> I'm like oh my god he's gonna end it all (laughs) I was so excited I'm like suicide is painless (laughs) but um instead of that he's just like walking along the fucking railing and you're like why is that a thing why are we doing that and I guess it was a clever way to bring the railing into the mind of the audience
1: even though we clearly could see from the matte painting that the house is in the top of a tree
0: but we had to bring the railing to the forefront for the audience scott because then when they see the fucking trooper go over the railing they're like oh yeah there's a railing it's a thing that was referenced 10 minutes ago or 20 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago or however long this movie is i don't know time means nothing in this fucking thing anyway uh yeah then we get the big life day sequence at the end we get reintroduced to c3po and r2 and luke and leia and han even though han said he had to go but now he's here okay I, I just, I had so many questions. I I still don't know what Life Day is. I, I don't know why they're in red robes. I don't know why they needed a green screen. Where are they? I mean, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> don't worry about it. But anyway, none of that matters because Carrie Fisher is singing. <laughs> she is singing the Life Day song, which is entitled, A Day to Celebrate. And... Oh boy, is it a day to celebrate.
1: It doesn't feel like it.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, everything hurts in my brain. (laughs) I feel like my brain is decaying as we're speaking about this. So let's like wrap this the fuck up.
1: Basically the movie's over.
0: She's, yeah, Leia sings. The ending is very strange because they have Leia do her big Life Day song. The most generic sounding holiday song you ever did hear. A day. talks about love and trust and friendship and blah 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 Moula right and then we get it and then we get a, <laughs> <we> a <laughs> flat-ass note or two or three sung by carrie fisher we love you girl but like no stick to the sass yeah stick to the sass that's where that's where you live that's your bread and butter girl but um then we decide to like hold on Chewie's ugly face for like oh, five minutes. Right. And over Chewie's ugly face, we have flashbacks to scenes from New Hope. It makes sense because like that's that's what you're basing all this on. Yeah. The love of New Hope. So like show some scenes from New Hope to get people happy. We do that and you think it's over. But no, they, after that, go back to the Wookiee house. They're not in the fucking Wookiee celebrating with the red robes anymore. They're just regular old naked ass furry Wookiees in the Wookiee house. And they're sitting at a table. I didn't see food in front of them. But apparently they're saying grace because they're bowing their heads. But yet they're not saying grace because they're not fucking talking for once in this goddamn special. They are silent Wookiees. And then it ends. And you're like why you could have just ended it on a high note with the new hope stuff that would have been nice but no we just had to see the Wookiee saying grace to whatever Wookiee space god they talked to I feel like that's why they didn't really explain what life day is because then they'd have to like explain Wookiee space religion and things and it's like we don't want to do that (laughs) it's just all a hot mess yeah it's not good So, Scott, I'm afraid to ask, what did you rate the Star Wars Holiday Special on Letterboxd?
1: I have it as a one star.
0: Ah, well, you know, on this show, we so rarely agree on our ratings, but this time, we do. I am also a one star on this guy. It it is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's terrible, but you know what? If you take
1: out BR for song and you take out the Jefferson Starship, yeah. The song, only reason why
0: it's not half a star is because some of the songs were actually entertaining, but the majority of them were shit, and the majority of the comedy was not comedy. <laughs> it was something else. I don't even know what. And the plot was non-existent. The production design is abysmal. And I get it. It's, it's TV, but like. Just try, <laughs> like just, just why try. Do the, why do the Wookies live in
1: an apartment that looks like it's for the Fonz
0: Yeah, legit. <laughs> the whole special kind of looked like it was Happy Days in space. First the intro, then the set design. It's all just a hot, steaming mess. <laughs> it, it
1: turns out, <laughs> it turns out years later they discovered that they just kind of broke into the Happy Day set and just filmed the Star Wars holiday special.
0: Everything hurts. I need.
1: Yeah, A couple of songs to eat something to regain my
0: strength after watching this.
1: Yeah. The cartoon, which is fun. The
0: cartoon was cute. Like I've read a couple of Star Wars comics and it kind of reminded me of that. And that was nice. So like it gave me those kind of feels. Yeah. But it was way too short. Like it was like a yeah. fleeting moment of happiness. It was the same thing with B. Arthur. It's just like a fleeting moment, and then we went back to bullshit that I just didn't care about or understand, or want to understand for that matter.
1: Oh god! But that was the Star Wars holiday special.
0: Thank God this is over. It's it's an interesting start to our holiday slash Christmas month of of movies here. And next week, I don't know if it's going to be much better as far as the holiday thing, because our plan is to do holiday movies, quote unquote, that aren't really holiday movies, kind of like obscure, kind of sort of holiday movies. That was our plan. So uh, next week, Scott's going to introduce me to one and I'm going to introduce him to one the week after. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um. So until then, this has been... Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks.
1: And I'm Scott Eisenberg.
0: Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And please, if you could, vote for us for best podcast in the Best of Long Island competition. Yes,
1: we're coming to the home stretch.
0: Yes, voting is open until December fifteenth. You can vote once every single day. And make sure you come back next week for our holiday jingle jangle movie adventure.
1: Happy Life Day, everyone. Uh,
0: Just one more round, friend, then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams.